This is Talk is Sheep, the official podcast of the Wild Sheep Society of BC, brought to you by Sitka Come along as we bring conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. Good evening, Mr. Stelter. How are you today? Excellent, Dr. Rensmag. How is the doctor this evening? I'm doing good. Enjoying a little bit of sunny weather down here in the, the lower mainland. So what's it like over there on uh, sunny Victoria for you? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, spring sprung and uh, gardens going in. Uh, on our last episode, 122, we talked about the uh, transmission film. We talked about Jennifer Bowes. Jennifer Bowes is doing a project. It's called Reimagining, Reimagining the Ties That Bind. Uh, and it basically what it is is that she's taking wool from Movie Free Sheep and she's turning them into um, wool pellets that you can use in the garden. And uh, so what it does is it has a much higher uh, moisture retention um, it acts as a fertilizer. It's been very effective. There's a bunch of studies that have gone out on it, and she's selling them. Uh, she's got these. Uh, it's a project that the society uh, worked with her on. We went to HCTF for funding. We we put a little bit of money into it, and then sales get kicked back to us to to basically get our uh, investment back. And um, really cool project. So I've ordered a couple of these bags of these wool. And uh, these wool pellets, they are. And uh, I'm going to see what they're like. So I've got actually my garden, I've got it split in three quarters. I'm going to run with the wool. And the other quarter, I'm going to run without it. And I'm just going to see what sort of production difference we see. But I'm pretty excited about it. So um, that was a nice segue into my spring gardening here. So my garlic's already up about eight inches. And uh, as soon as I get this wool from Jennifer, I'm going to start um, mending my garden boxes and then... Uh, start getting some stuff on the ground here pretty soon getting excited so when am i coming over for the uh the sheep garden dinner at the stelters <laughs> yeah exactly yeah get, get them on the traeger and uh yeah for sure no we definitely got to do something like that and actually that's something we should try and do as a board this summer we should try and get everyone together and uh um yeah kind of a it's tough right because we got guys up north and you know in the interior and island it's uh it's always difficult to get people together especially um you know we're so so segregated yeah well it's the the beautiful thing about bc it's so big and the sheep are everywhere so we're everywhere it seems uh you know kind of fitting i suppose um this episode though episode 123 here with uh russell and cammy cunningham you know it's, it's kind of neat the reach this podcast has when we were down in reno you know, just doing our thing, talking Wild Sheep Society of BC. We didn't even have a sign up or anything that said the Talk is Sheep podcast. And Russell approached us in the booth, introduced himself, big fan of ours, big fan of the society, and let us in on a little little story before the Wild Sheep Foundation announced it to everybody. And that's uh, the incredible feat that his daughter accomplished, Cammy. Uh, the youngest female ever to complete a slam and probably would have been younger if uh, the big COVID didn't get in the way. Yeah. Pretty phenomenal. A young girl like that and just uh, so driven and um, you know, just the support of our family, like achievement like that to get your finance, right. It's like just for like uh, the, you know, a normal person to do that. Right. But for a young girl like that and to have the support of her family and, 
to achieve that. And uh, it's it's inspiring to see what she's done. And uh, I love the legacy and the spirit of family that Russell talks a lot about on the podcast. And of course, we've seen the film too at Sheep Week as well, right? That was pretty cool to see that. Yeah, and we'll, uh, in the the words to this, or the write-up for this podcast, there'll be a link to the video as well for people to watch and, you know, to listen to the passion in Cammy's voice and Russell's voice as they're talking about it. It's quite the uh, the stories that went with these hunts, and uh, it's just an in- incredible family down there in Texas. Yeah, uh, the one thing that <laughs> blows me away is this young girl shooting like she does like it's one thing to get on the mountain yeah you know hiking around and doing all that sort of stuff and riding horseback but uh you'll listen to the grizzly bear story and uh and watch the video um and i won't say anything more than that but uh um she's got it all put together she's done it all right she's she's put the time in she's hiked she's rode those horses she's shot and she did it she she bloody has a finaz it's incredible hard to believe yeah, and oh man, you know she's reaching out with uh, those long distances, and she's using one of our conservation partners' firearms, the Gunworks. And uh, I know that might segue into something else here, but we have a one heck of a raffle, the Super Six, or the Six Rifle Super Raffle right now, and the grand prize is the Gunworks Climber 300 PRC. Yeah, talk about a setup, hey? So our Longtime conservation partner and a really good friend of the society, Precision Optics and Omer, put together the six gun raffle. He approached us a couple of years ago now and said, Hey, let's put this together. I think we can do something really special. He goes, I'll go out, I'll source the, I'll use my industry contacts. We'll get these rifles. So we got six rifles. Do you have them listed there? Do you have the whole yep. list right in front of you? So just go through them because it's, it's crazy. So number one is the uh, grand prize is the Gunworks Climber 300 PRC with the uh, Leupold Mark V. Uh, the early bird draws the fierce CT rival 7mm Rem Mag with Leica Ampless optics on it. The second price is a fierce CT Edge 28 Nosler with, uh, and I want to say, Callus optics on there. It's really small. Yeah, money. that's... That's exactly right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, third prize is the Weatherby Mark V Backcountry TI-280 Ackley with a Suaro Z5 on there. Uh, number four is the Fierce Carbon Rage 300 Rum with Zeiss Conquest V4. And fifth prize is Christensen Arms Ridgeline FFT 308 Winchester Sporting a Leopold VX5. So what an incredible lineup <laughs> Fifty-four thousand dollars in prizes. If that doesn't get you, so one ticket and you get in for all six um, chances. So the odds are pretty good. Like, of course, they say like odds are one in whatever uh, for the grand prize. But there's six prizes on this one. There's an early bird draw. Uh, I think we're drawing that in June, and we're going to draw that up in Courtney at, at the um, Whistle Stop Pub. So we're going to do a pub night up there. Um, there'll be more details on that coming out. So get your get your tickets early because it's going to get you in for that sixth rifle, which we're going to draw early. And then if you buy after that, you still got five chances to win. Still great odds, but fifty four thousand dollars in prizes, fifty bucks a ticket, and um, and what a, a cool setup. And again, the one thing, Greg, is what do we do? We put sheep on the mountains. We're a conservation org. Uh, Omer and these industry partners have 
donated this a hundred percent. We've got zero skin in the game. Now we have some administrative fees. We, you know, we have to pay, you know, administrative costs to host the raffle. But for the most part, the bulk of those funds is going to go back to wild sheep conservation in the province. So, you know, what can you do to support wild sheep? Yeah, buy a membership. Um, yeah, donations. But you know what? Get get a ticket for a one in six chance of winning some kick butt rifles. $54,000 in prizes, and you're going to help wild sheep conservation. Um, this is as good as it gets when it comes to industry working together, conservation organization working together, and our membership and our supporters getting chances to win some really cool prizes and not that much money, 50 bucks a ticket. Yeah, and you don't want to sleep on this one. The The tickets are going quick, and they were a hot commodity at the outdoor show, so mm-hmm. jump on them. Yeah. Don't, don't miss out on this one. It's going to go, going to go sooner rather than later. So. And that bloody Gunworks climber is beautiful, man. I uh, I I picked one up a few years ago, and I, it's just it's so beautiful to shoot. Mine's a six five PRC, and it's absolutely uh, it's it's butter, man. It's so so juicy. That's the three. This one's a three hundred PRC, so um, it's not. I've just got a little kitty gun that doesn't hurt when it when you shoot it, so you can shoot it all day. But uh, yeah. pretty sweet setup. So yeah, no, that's a. Six five PRC is a good caliber. I shoot one as well. So, but on uh, that note, let's roll into episode one twenty three with Russell and Cammy Cunningham. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by our conservation partner, Precision Optics. Thank you, Sitka Gear and Precision Optics, for investing in healthy wildlife and sustainable ecosystems. All right, this is such a cool episode of Talk of Sheep. Uh, Greg and I had the opportunity to be down at Sheep Week and. Uh, we had the opportunity to, to see a fantastic film that uh, the uh, Cunningham family put together about uh, an incredible achievement. And uh, so we're really excited to have uh, Russell Cunningham and uh, Cammie Cunningham on the show today to talk about uh, what, it ta- what it takes to be a sheep hunter. And it, it's, it seems like the resume is pretty full when we talk to you two here. So pretty stoked about it. And um, I guess before we kind of kick off, um, let's just start with you cammy how old are you um and just a little bit about who cammy cunningham is when uh, in everyday life i'm cammy cunningham i'm 13 years old and i'm in eighth grade so i go to school and i team rope and i sing and play lots of instruments yeah that's a pretty cool resume. And hunting, yes. It's it's it sounds like you do some hunting too. That's the rumor. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I've heard that that you can hunt as well. So, and we're going to talk lots about that today. Uh, Russell, how about you? Let's talk a little bit about uh, where you're from and and uh, kind of what what brings you here today. Well, I'm a fifth generation Texas raised you know, a uh, rancher of sorts, but my, my profession is, is other than ranching, but uh, my family moved to our family. The Cunninghams moved to the panhandle of Texas in the 1870s. But uh, we've migrated down and we're in central Texas now. And um, I'm 48 years old and I live, we're fortunate to live here on the ranch adjacent to where I was raised in a, in a wild place that's pretty close to, to, uh, to the big city where I can actually get some work done. But, um, we're big into, uh, hunting and 
you know, the, all the wild things we rodeo and um, we're, we're living a, a great life right here and in, in, on the ranch. That's, uh, that's awesome. And so Russell, like, I think, uh, from what I understand, you talked about, uh, fifth generation, uh, but you also, uh, you, you're multi-generational hunting. And I, I re- read a story about you where you're, I think you were 10 years old and you went on your sheep hunt. Your dad introduced you to sheep hunting and you sort of made a, I guess, a commitment or a vow or a pledge to yourself that you were going to do the same for your family. You talk a little bit about, you know, where that came from and, and was your dad an avid hunter? Obviously he must've been into it if he was, uh, you know, sheep hunting and taking you at 10 years old, but. Yeah. So it's, so my dad grew up pretty wild and, and I say wild, you know, we're, we're out on in, in the country and, and not really tethered, um, lots of rain. Um, he, his folks didn't really do a whole lot of hunting, but they did, um, they, they, farmed a lot and so they did some rabbit hunting and lots of fishing and, and mainly hard work back then um on the ranches and but he raised my brother and me to be tough independent young guys and, and we had a lot of a lot of free reign and growing up we we did a lot of hunting and fishing and our big thing my favorite thing growing up was hunting rabbits. Um, and I'm sure that's how a lot of people get started, but you know, the small game, um, was, I was just eating up with it. Spend, you know, hours on end out, out chasing rabbits and doing our thing. And the, uh, the big game hunting came in for us at, you know, hunting deer. And I shot my first deer when I was six Dad took us out um, a couple hours from from the ranch to another place, and um, we just had some incredible experiences bonding and you know being with with the guys, and it was it was just amazing growing up that way. And so, Dad really wasn't into big game hunting. They didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, when he did finally get into big game hunting it was one of his friends that got him into it he he had gone to alaska one of his friends did and came back and was telling dad about it and so my dad and his brother went up to the brooks range in i think it was 1984 hunting moose and bear and dad tells the story about when he left to go up there he he was just yearning to have the boys with him he, he just kind of felt sick about being up in that amazing place without us which i can absolutely relate to um but anyway they got up and he and his brother had some incredible experiences together and they were successful killing moose and and bear and dad talks about while they're hunting looking up into the to the mountains and seeing the sheep and talking to his guide up there about the sheep and he couldn't get his mind off sheep. And you guys know how that is, right? You see one of them and (laughs) they just reel you in. And so while he was up there, he, he was like, I got to bring my boys. And at that point I was nine and my brother was 11. And so 
after a very successful hunt up there, he came home and told his guide that he was going to bring us up the next year on a doll sheep hunt. And so we, uh, he got home and he brought the, the uh, bear cape still hadn't been flashed. I guess they, they froze it and brought it down. So I remember vividly sitting out and, and stretching that bear cape out and, and, we, as a family, the, the three of us sit down and flush that bear cape. And he told us about the experience and the adventure. And man, I was absolutely on the edge of my seat, just listening to all this and taking it in and, and super excited about it. And so he told us he was going to take us up there doll sheep hunting. And that is absolutely all I could think about that entire year. <laughs> We had other stuff going on. We were in the team roping in, in the rodeo world and doing other stuff. But in the back of my mind, that is it. Sheep hunting. And it was on my mind, buddy. It's a bit of a sickness, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So so did you did you end up getting a ram on that trip that you went up there on then? Yes, uh, sir. So, so we went up and we, you know, got got to Fairbanks and we went and bought our licenses and the, and the guy behind the counter was looking at my dad kind of funny and uh, thought he was crazy for, for taking, taking us youngsters up there. He said, boy, it's tough up there. You know, it's cold and, and it's a hard hunt. And uh, he'd already been through that. His, his buddies at home were telling him the same thing that it was kind of strange that he's taking us up there and, Man, he had all the confidence in the world in us. We get up there, and, and our guide was super pumped. He was behind us 100%. And yeah, so we we were both successful. My brother and I both killed sheep. Um, of course, my girls got me beat on the age and the size, but, man, it, <laughs> it was one of those sheep hunts that if you're a sheep hunter, it's not a gimme. There's not a gimme doll sheep. And it was tough, buddy. I mean, it was something else. And the the highs and lows of that trip were were just incredible. And, and I get goosebumps sitting here talking about it. But I think he brought up the point that when the hunt was over, we killed caribou. We each killed a caribou. Well, I killed a caribou in, in in my in a sheep my brother killed a sheep and had not gotten his caribou crazy thing is the guide was like hey just leave my brother's name is clint he was 12 so i just leave clint up here and uh he can help flash hides and help run camp and and when we have time we'll take him out and get him a caribou so my dad and i left and <laughs> nowadays you could imagine the, the, the mothers and the, the squawking that would go on on that deal but Clint ended up spending two weeks up there and he had wow. some great experiences and uh, had a grizzly come into camp and, um, you know, he helped other clients out and he ended up getting a, just a beautiful caribou. And my dad called up there and was wondering where his son was. He's like, what's going on? You know, <laughs> they didn't even have satellite phones. He got a hold of the, of the outfitter's wife and she said, well, he's, he, Dan Holloman was his name, bit of an outlaw, I think, but he was, uh, <laughs> Dan will be, be back in a month. 
and uh, I'm sure your son's okay. And so my dad was about to get on a flight and go up there. And literally the next day, he got a call from my brother. He was in Seattle and said, I've made it to Seattle. I'll be on this certain flight. And, uh, you know, that's how it was. It, it wasn't that long ago. But man, we could get back to that pretty quick. We got, it'd be nice to. And, and I'm trying to raise my daughters that way, you know, give them some autonomy. I think that's a little much there for, for the girls. I wouldn't leave them <laughs> camp for two weeks. But so anyway, as I'm flying out of camp in the in the cub, I I looked out the window and, and I just had that that feeling that, man, this is a life changer. And I did make the commitment to myself to, that I was going to bring my my daughters on this hunt. And, and I had this premonition that I was going to have daughters when I was about eight years old. And it was such a strong feeling that I, I never wavered from that feeling. And um, so anyway, that's a little side note, but I looked out the window and told myself, I'm going to bring my daughters when they're 10 years old on this, because what an incredible thing this has been for me to see what God's country is and to be amongst the, the beauty of, of the mountains and the, the last frontier. And, um, man, it's changed, redirected my life. And ever since that day, my focus has been driven towards being successful enough in life to, to bring my children because I knew it wasn't enough. Uh, my daddy wasn't going to pay my way again and pay for my kids. It was time for me to take responsibility and to have the drive and the initiative to make the choices to be successful in life and to afford the opportunity for my family. That's a pretty cool story. And uh, I, I kind of like to hear your perspective on it, Cami. So now you're a young lady, you're growing up, and obviously your dad's got this sheep bug, this fever, this passion. So when when did you contract the disease? Was this at a uh, very young age or at 10? It was like, okay, wake up, we're going to Alaska to, to go doll sheep hunting. Tell us your story, how you got there. Well, um, when I was younger, I hunted deer and turkey and stuff on the ranch and whenever I was 10 my dad told us that he was going to take me up there so I was really excited for that and after that I kind of just I really wanted to do it like more I guess and yeah so um after that we found out that I could be the youngest female to do it so then we decided to go for it so, and I really enjoyed it. So, did it, it didn't start out as a quest. It just started out as this is an experience about hunting, but somewhere along the way, it's like, oh, there's some milestones we could do here too. There's some accomplishments. Um, so, Russell, like in your in your mind, in the back of your head, were you always thinking, you know, it'd be cool for for my girl to be that person, or was it just just something that's kind of an unfolded or evolved? And I know that you with any quest in life, there's always, uh, obstacles and, and you guys definitely had some, namely, uh, this worldwide disease that we all talk about these days, but tell me a little bit about your, your view and your perspective on it. Yeah. So my, 
I've only killed one sheep, and that was when I was 10 years old, and I'm a sheep hunter. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those, it's kind of odd. You know, I, I never thought about it for myself to, to chase the all four. But it all it just started about, you know, I know what that doll sheep did did for me and and i wanted my daughters to have that doll sheep experience and then we were at the dallas safari club and cammy saw uh some taxidermy of all four all together and she she said dad get a picture of me and and she's holding her arms up like looking up at the sheep you know and uh still didn't even hit me i i hadn't thought about it and then on the way home i was thinking you know, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And that's how I've, I live my life. And I was like, you know, I look back at Cammy in the back seat. You remember that day, Cammy? I was like, what about going for the, the Grand Slam and being the youngest female? I, I mean, surely it's we, we can look at it, look into it and see what that's all about. And, and uh, you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, her eyes lit up, and you know my my wife Carly looked at me and was like, "Wow, that'd be pretty cool." And I said, "Well, I mean, it's going to be a monumental effort, and it's going to cost a lot of money and, and sacrifice, and there's going to be a lot to go into it." And, and it's fun to talk about it. So that that's kind of how it it percolated there a little bit. And um, next thing you know, I was. Cammy and I had decided, yeah, that's something that we want to do. And I looked it up and um, I think Sarah Brandenburg was 16 when she did it. She's an amazing woman. And, and we, if I can just raise my daughters to be like these strong, tough women um, that are hunters, like, you know, um, the Damaskis and, and the Tituses and, you know, the, the Wallers of the world and, um, this is, this is going to be a cool experience. And so that's how that, that ball got rolling. So the next thing you know, we were, I was trying to figure out how we can get some of this booked. And of course, a lot of the, the sheep hunting is booked out for years. Um, and so I got some friends of mine to help me figure, figure things out and, Next thing you know, I'm flying out to Reno, staying with a friend of mine, Ryan Cedars, and we're looking at, uh, he's helping me figure the deal out. And so we went and talked to um, Blair and Rebecca Miller of Stone and Folding and just presented that to them. And, and uh, you'd think that a lot of these outfitters would kind of put the brakes on when they hear that a, uh, a 10 year old female is wanting to come kill a stone sheep or a, we talked to uh, Jim Breck being out at high West outfitters in, in Texas for the desert. And everyone we talked to was just really all in. They're leaning forward and wanting to know, wow, this is pretty incredible. Um, and I told them that, you know, I have some pretty, amazing, tough young ladies and we can get it done. And, and they kind of felt our passion. And I think they felt that, um, 
we were sincere. And so we started kind of booking things up and it just really just kind of the ball just kind of started rolling. And, and the, the next thing you know, Cammy's about to turn 10. She's her, she's a July birthday and the sheep hunt that I had her booked for with Joey clutch up in Alaska was booked when she was six because he was booked out for a long time. I, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. So I've been, you know, raising these young ladies to, to be ready for that day. You know, it's, it's one of those things you can't, I, I don't think that you can say, okay, let's, they're nine, let's kill a sheep when they're 10. I think this has to start at birth almost. It's a tough deal, but yeah, so that ball was rolling. And so we, uh, we jumped on that train. That's fantastic. So for you, Cammy, talk us through your four. So was the doll sheep, that was your first hunt that, that you had the first ram you shot or was it something else? Um, the desert was my first one and then the doll and then the rocky and the stone. So, okay. Yeah, the desert was first, and it was in Van Horn, West Texas, with Jim Breck. And the second one, the doll sheep was in Alaska with Joey Clutch. And then the third one was in Montana with Brendan Burns with Yeti. With, with Kuyu. Oh, Kuyu, Kuyu, sorry. And then the last one was in Canada with Stone with Blair and Rebecca Miller. And we did right on. So now we got to do that one twice. Okay. The stone. Okay. Tell them about that. How long did it? Tell them about the two hunts. The first hunt we went and it took two years, right? To get it. 14 days was the first, the first hunt took, took us 14 days. Run through that a little bit. Yeah, so every day we get up and go look for sheep, and there weren't a lot, so we were kind of... Was it day three? Yeah, something like that. And we saw this ram that they had picked out before we even came, so we went after that. And we kind of couldn't find him for a while, so a couple of days after that we found him, and he was in this little cliff area. So we got to him and it was about 400, 500 yard shot, like straight uphill. And so when I shot, I shot right over his back. And so the next year we went, it was hunting one week with one guide and didn't see anything. And then Blair decided to put us with a different guide for a couple days just to see if we could find anything else. Who was that? Um, Fish Armstrong. And so we, like, as soon as we were riding out to the camp, we saw some sheep. So we were pretty hopeful that we'd see some more. So the next day we decided to go up to this place where this other guy shot a pretty big ram. So we're hiking up this hill and he spots one. So we all get down and get set up and I shoot him broadside. What was it? 300, about 380 yards. Yeah. After 24 days, 
<laughs> you got you had that gunworks cami. You need to move him out a little further. You got to get him out on beyond five hundred, right? The, he was a little too close. That's what happened on that first shot, I think, right? So, Josh, kidding. So the first shot, the first year, um, we take the rifle back, and the darn thing is five inches high. Oh, yes. And it's just a heartbreaker because we couldn't figure out what's going on. I mean, she's a, she's an incredible shot and, and just does not miss. And, oh, just what a heartbreaker. But, you know, if we, if we were knocking them down pretty quick, and I think that the killing that sheep on the 24th day, there was a lot of bonding that went on those 24 days. Man, and then there was a lot of cold and hunger, and and there was a lot of heat and sweat and saddle sores and amazing time with with uh, our our guides and Ben Hauser and and uh, gosh, we, our packer Spencer, and and then we got hooked up with Hamish Armstrong, and we met Mark Tiedemann and his family, and gosh, we just got to see lots of country, and we rode for hundreds of miles i can't imagine you know 11 hours one day so with with some heartache you, you know some there's some character building and some dang sure enough some bonding you know it was amazing it was pretty sweet when that so when cammy got that stone on the 24th day why well, that's one thing about it it's just just to harvest any sheep and to do it to do for them yeah, and then throw in COVID on top of it, right? Because you guys had tried for a few years to get up here, and then COVID kept you, you couldn't get across the border. Is that correct? Yeah. So I had to get vaccinated, and I had to be 12, right? Right. Yeah. So before that, I had to get vaccinated to be able to get into Canada. And COVID kind of pushed us back a little. And we couldn't get in really at, the, at that opener on the stone and the vaccinations and then we ran into a little snafu with the <laughs> with our uh, passport her passport was expired and so we got in late that first year but really we had incredible experience and, and opportunity but yeah so we we had cammy had three killed when she was 10 months, 10 years and three months. And <laughs> wow. so it took us till 13 to get it, to get it done, but that's okay. There was a lot of, of time in the, in between that to prepare. And you, you guys know y'all are hunters. A lot of the, the, the fun of the hunt is preparing and thinking about it and, and shooting and, you know, and enjoying the, the other sheep that we had, already hunted and so back to that gun works tell them about that shot on so she did have a pretty lots of the shots were were pretty long none of them were let's sit here and watch the sheep for an hour let them stand up really get a good age on them and all that every single sheep was a rushed deal and and man she's she's really good at at uh, target acquisition through her scope and thankfully um so no time was wasted on any of that but uh 
Tell them about the bear. So we had just flushed the sheep. And Which one? The doll sheep. And we're going to rinse it off, all the blood. And so we hung it up in this tree. And we see this bear coming in, like 500 yards maybe. Pretty far. We didn't think it was going to come anywhere near us. But it came right towards the cape. And it got the cape. And our guide was chasing after it, like, basically playing tug of war with the bear. And so. Literally. Incredible. And so my guide was like, Cammy, do you want to shoot this bear? And I said, yes. So we got everything set up. And the shot was 715 yards. Wow. Yeah. Just, I'm talking about high shoulder. She gets that gun works and we, we give her the range. Gets, she dials it in and we get the phone scope going and just say when, well, we actually did some dry firing, right? She's, she, we, we do a lot of dry firing. She, we had her dry fire a couple times and then loaded one up and said, when you're ready. And have you, you saw the video. Have y'all seen that video? Yeah. It's insane. Like it. Um, and he looked like he was kind of, he was moving it. He wasn't like he was bedded or anything either. Like I, I don't think he was on the dead run or anything, but he was moving too, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, I, so I he's couldn't believe there it. on his haunches, just eating that cape and looking right. around and, and, uh, she just high shoulders him and, and, <laughs> and just drops him in his tracks. So, yeah, and, and, you know, you can see the vapor trail and all it just, uh, if that doesn't sell a gun works, I'm not sure what, <laughs> what will, but <laughs> just awesome. We got that gun works from our desert guide, uh, Jim Brack Bean. We, can I tell a story about that right quick? Absolutely. Yeah. So we were, that was Cammy's first hunt. She was, she was nine, just about to turn 10. Well, we're, we're out there hunting for the, the desert on uh outside of of van horn texas and so that that ranch tends to have some audad on it and they're they're really wanting to get the audad out because the of the uh disease they're they're concerned about the disease spreading um the pneumonia that they get and so we can't find the the sheep that we're looking for but we do find an odd ad that's a long ways off. And, and I'm glass. And I told Jim Brack, Hey, Jim Brack, we got, there's an odd ad over here. And he goes, let me see. And so he got all, he, he looks at it and he's like, let's get her warmed up. Cam, you want to shoot this odd ad? You remember that? Yes. So she was pretty fired up. So I figured we were going to, put a stalk and get up within a couple hundred yards and, and shoot the audad. Well, he starts, Jim Breck said, do you mind if she shoots my gun? And I'm like, not, what is it now? I mean, Cammy, are you comfortable with it? She's like, yeah, sure. So he just sets up right there in the middle of, of the dirt, of the two track dirt road. And this thing is way out there. So anyway, he ranges it. It was uh, 780 yards and he just dials it up and has Cammy dry fire a couple times. And 
she shoots and he just he does the same thing that bear did just drops and so it was just amazing and um from then on right she didn't want to shoot the rifle we brought she was like okay I'm gonna <laughs> we're taking this thing yeah so we get that deal done and then uh we after the hunt jim breck let us take it to alaska because we we're two months later we were headed up to alaska and he's like man if she's confident let's let her you know take that rifle and so we borrowed it and then she killed that uh, caribou at 380 yards wasn't it cammy yeah I think so. and then on on day one which is awesome and so the, the guy that really that solidified the fact the guys up in alaska were like okay this is legit we're, we're good she killed that caribou and, and then you know after the bear shot and all when we got home jim breck wasn't getting his rifle back we'll just <laughs> say that um, so we used it on every hunt on every hunt it's kind of like her right arm now what well, so it's a it, so i was gonna say that gun's dialed in you know when you ran up to us at uh, in Reno in the booth and you you showed us the video of the bear, like I don't think you guys are selling it enough. Like in its tracks, that bear just one shot curled over, dropped, and then you you skip the best part of the whole story when Cammy looks back at the the phone and you're recording her and she just that's what he gets for stealing my sheep or stealing my hide. Just just one of the most perfect moments I've ever seen on camera. Just this young girl dropping a tank of a grizzly on her sheep and then just that's what he gets. It was perfect. Sticks in my head. I I love it. That whole deal was just insane, right? I mean, Cammy looked at me and and you can hear in that video, he's stealing the sheep and I was like, yeah, and she is really, were you heartbroken? Yes. I was... Probably about to cry, honestly. So I was like, Cammy, it's okay. This story, the video, the experience we're getting here is is worth way more than a sheep hide. I I mean, and man, have we gotten some mileage out of that deal. It's, it is uh, just, those are the kind of experiences you get when you spend a lot of time, a lot of time out in the mountains. Um. There's a lot of absolutely. There, there's there's a lot of of there are are a lot of people that, which is unfortunate, that have a, a problem with. It's funny, you know, how you get that internet hate a little bit on this kind of stuff. It's kind of bizarre, but they're like, you know, why can't you just take her on a rabbit hunt or go kill her a black bear or something? And you know, it's like, yeah, we can and we have. But the experiences that we're getting up in these mountains in the, the country these sheep live in and the hundreds of miles horseback and the so many nights in the tent that we we share and the, just you know, I'm not saying that you can you can't get those experiences in a deer blind in Texas, but um, we're that's our deal too. We love that just as much, don't we, Cammy? Yes. We're just living our life, you know, It's and it's, we're just so blessed to get to, to share this hunting passion 
and and you know my wife Carly is such an amazing person for for allowing helping us get this done. Frankly, helping us because guys, the roadblocks are there's a lot of roadblocks in hunting, and, and a lot of those are or I hear from the guides it's it's the wife that's putting the squash on the on the hunt a lot of the times, but Cam Cammy and Stormy, my my now eleven year old, are are uh, eating up with the with the hunt deal. So it's making me pretty proud. We're enjoying the heck out of it. That's that's phenomenal. Um uh, Cammy, I'd like to hear from you so that this has been a pretty crazy journey when you look at it, what you've accomplished. And a lot of people look at it and it's it's pretty inspiring. Um, first of all, just your, you know, well, pick one. It doesn't really matter. But your your age and also the fact that you're a young lady and um, you kind of, people don't expect that from, a, I guess, a 13-year-old to go out and have accomplished what you've done in such a short time. But there's been a lot of challenges, as we know. So w- when you look back, what I guess when you look at the hunts alone and, and the sheep and break it down that way, what was the most challenging hunt for you? And I, and I know the stone sheep took forever to get, but which one was the most daunting and most challenging? Um, Probably the stone sheep. It just took so long and it was a lot of miles and a lot of days. And I learned pretty quickly that you have to have a lot of grit to be able to do something like that and a lot of passion and yeah, I think it's really important for young people and young women too to go out and hunt. And it's even more special to do it with your dad. Thank you. Man. <laughs> Goosebump City over there. Right. That is that's that's good child rearing right there, Russell. Um so Cammy, was there was there ever a time where you thought, you know, I, I don't think I can do this when you, you know, you're in day 24. Was there ever a time where you went, I, I just don't know if I can do this? Or did you always know that you would get there? Did you did you ever find that you were kind of questioning yourself? Well, I always knew that God had a plan for whatever was going to happen. And so whatever happened, I would be fine with it, even if I didn't get a sheep. Because all that time I get to spend with my dad and all that bonding and just it taught me to be tough and look out for myself so there's a there's a time that that sticks out in, in my memory there was a big day and that was day 13 of the stone sheep hunt the first year we were up there so the camp that we were hunting was about it was it six six hours or so right in from the trailhead and uh we got word that the weather the day we're supposed to leave that the weather's probably going to blow in and instead of flying us out we're going to have to ride out and we'd been riding five six hours a day for 13 days and so that the decision came in well from from blair and rebecca to Ben, our, our guide, over the satellite phone. Hey, here's the situation. We can fly Cammy and Russell out today. It's going to cut them a day short. Are y'all seeing sheep? What's the situation? I, we're, we're flying some goat hunters in, and it'd be perfect opportunity to get them on that plane and get them out of there. 
um, before this weather hits. Otherwise, they're going to have to ride out. And um, and so I was in camp, and Cammy was still uh, in in the tent getting ready, and I was at at the uh, the cookhouse there, and we had this discussion. All right, here's the situation, Russell, and um, we need to kind of make we we have an an hour or so to make the decision because the flight's coming in, and you know we could leave eat a breakfast, gather our stuff up and fly out today, or y'all can hunt today. And we're, we're going to have to ride out tomorrow. And so I, I was like, well, let me, let me go run it by Cammy and see what, see what she thinks. And, and frankly, um, you know, I was, you know, I, I was feeling like we're, we're probably going to have to do round two. I was already kind of feeling that, you know, how it gets when you're halfway through the hunt, you start losing hope. And, and, and I just had to keep reminding myself that just keep grinding, just keep grinding. Like I have my entire life and, and like I did on that sheep hunt when I was 10, just keep grinding. And, uh, I went and told Cammy, we had the discussion and she said, okay, let me get it straight. So we fly out today. We we're cut a day short of hunting or we ride out tomorrow and we hunt today. And I was like, that's it. That's the, the choice. Well, let's, we're hunting. We're, let's get, let's go. We're hunting. And I mean, and I, you know, I played it off all cool, but when I turned around to head back to the, to the cook shack, I, my hair was standing on end with, uh, with goosebumps and pride and, and like, you know, this isn't just a, 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 a thing this is a, a culture if that makes sense it, it's 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 no longer just a, an idea it's it's in the blood and I and I'm sitting here my legs are getting goosebumps just sitting here thinking about how proud I am of, of that decision and it and it was an easy you know easy one for her um with no pressure for me, we, you know, it was a long week. We were, we were done, you know, but, uh, the grind kept going. And that day we actually saw some sheep and my goodness, they were seven years old. Hmm. And it, and for the listeners, they gotta be eight. Um, and they were seven and, and we just smiled and we, Enjoyed the heck out of that day, didn't we? And guess what happened? The next day, the weather broke, and we flew out. And like Kimmy, like you're saying, God has a plan for us, and and it's uh, a lot of sheep hunting in that plan. <laughs> That's fantastic. So when you look at yourself, Cammy, and what you've achieved over these you know last few years. Uh, people undoubtedly look at you as a role model, um, and certainly, uh, you know, young female hunters, I, I, would, I would imagine, would be at the top of that list, but not exclusively either. Do you feel like you are a role model for for young people and, and young female hunters? Do you look at yourself in that light? I do, and it's also my sister always tells me like she looks up to me and she's just so proud of me and stuff, and so I really feel like proud of myself whenever she tells me that. So. 
I think, yeah, I could be a role model to other people. And I feel like especially since I'm a young girl and hunting is a really big part of my life, it's just really important for that to be, like, something in my life, I guess. That's fantastic. So... Uh, is there any sibling rivalry? Um, how, how does how, is uh, is Stormy uh, is Stormy hot on your heels to to break your record or or what does that look like? What's this? I'd like to be at the the Cunningham table over this discussion around sheep hunting and see what that sounds like. It'd be pretty cool. Well, her doll sheep was much bigger than mine, so she makes sure to tell me that. <laughs> but, yeah. I think she is interested in the slam, but she also wants to do maybe like an elk slam or something else different. Just so, just so it's not like the exact same. But yeah, I think there's definitely some rivalry between us. That's pretty cool. So where do you go from here? So you're 13 years old, you've ticked the box, you've got your, your slam, your finaz. Um, a phenomenal accomplishment and, and really blowing any other record out of the water when we look at anyone else that's tried to achieve that. Where, where, What's next? Do you have any uh, hunting goals for yourself or um, you're just, just enjoying the ride now? I really want to get a Marco Polo and also maybe a lion, but we're actually going to Africa this June. So we might not get a lion, but definitely Cape Buffalo and some planes game. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. I don't know. So I don't know that we're hot on the heels of, of Maddie Damoski, but uh, <laughs> man, she's one of the she's one of the ladies that we look up to. Who, who else are you? Some of your amazing women role models, Cami? Um, definitely Jana Waller. I watch her show a lot, and it's just really inspiring. Mm. And also Christy Titus. And when I was on this uh, women's hunt panel in Vegas, um, uh, in uh, Reno, oh Reno, I met this girl. She was thirteen, also. Her name is Brooklyn Winfield, and she was also really inspiring to me. And Renee Thornton also led that. So she, all of those women are really inspiring to me. You guys know Brooklyn, huh? Scott Whitaker. Yeah, I, I gosh, she won. I, I yeah, she won the yeah. uh, oldest ram at, at y'all's uh, Kamloops convention this year. Yeah, in uh, at Alberta's, yeah, in Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, what a beautiful ram. And uh, yeah, I, I knew, we, we know Scott pretty well. I don't know Brooklyn very well, but yeah, very cool accomplishment too. But, you know, to be, to mention those people's names and have your name, you know, associated with that, that's a pretty... Pretty cool list to have your name associated with, right? Yes. Uh, pretty cool. So now, yeah, go ahead with uh, with you, Russell. You know, you your girls have done phenomenal. Like these accomplishments, what they've done at such a young age. Um, does that is it all about the girls? Is it all about? And obviously, it's all about family. I get that. That's not the question. But or do you think? Are you thinking about yourself and some of the hunts you want to do? Or is it all about, you know, seeing these girls do, you know, live in their wildest dreams when it comes to, 
you know, there's sheep hunting or hunting in general, I guess. I think right now my wife, Carly and I are, are uh, we've made that kind of shift. Um, and and it, it's that the, the stages of hunting, right? The, the four stages that uh, the, 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 the big time Africa guides talk about. I'm in that fourth stage. I feel where, you know, I'm just along for the ride and getting up and watching that sunrise is as important to me as, as shooting a, a trophy. And so I'm in that stage right now that it, well, I'm just kind of grinding for the, for the girls. I'm uh, working hard to, to afford all this. Cause frankly, it's, it's, we're, we're it's not a trust fund deal. I can, you know, I'm, I'm really um, carrying the, a little extra weight because of all this, but I feel it's important. And, and uh, the most impressionable years are, are right now with these young ladies. And if I'm not, if my wife and I aren't putting the time in with them, then there's the, they're going to get it somewhere and, and it's probably at school and, uh, which is fine, but I want to be the, the one that's making that big impression on them. And so really my goals are, are just to, just to keep doing hustling until they graduate and, and man, it's going to happen quick. And then next thing you know, they're going to be onto their lives, taking their children. And so maybe when that day happens, I'll, I'll be back to chasing 200 inch mule deer and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe our Marco Polo can be together when, when, uh, when Cammy's got a job and she can help, help me go financially. So yeah, I'm just grinding for the girls, frankly, right now. And it's amazing. It's way better than it, than it could ever be if it were my hunt. And so it's just, we're having a great time and, and uh, just living, living our, our life in, in the country here and, and um, trying to be good Christians and uh, work, work. The work ethic is what I'm trying to instill in these young ladies. And, you know, I think that that's, that's already happened. And at this point I'm just sitting back and watching the, watching them flourish, watching them, Blossom. Uh, your track record's pretty good so far, so congratulations to you and your wife and your family on that, Russell. Thanks, That's sir. Awesome. Uh, so, what's the plan? What's the hunting plan now? So you've you've kind of you've got uh, your slam out of the way. What's what's on the plan for the? Do you have a spring hunt planned or a fall hunt? What's going on? Africa's next. Is that the next trip? Yes, and I've also always wanted to get a fan in so it's a doll sheep and a stone sheep combined so that'll be a cool add-on to my slam but yeah so far africa is our next hunt yeah i really want to go all around the world hunting be pretty amazing to see all the sights where in africa are you guys headed uh tanzania we're going to the eastern part near the the uh you know, the lake with the big flamingos, the Rift Valley area. 
the Maasai culture. And so a big part of that, my wife is wanting to, to you know, to expose the, the, the um, girls to the way other folks live and not just, you know, not just in, on a safari, just laying them down. We're going to try to dive into that Maasai culture and, and see how other people live in this world. You know, we're, um, yeah, so that's, that's going to be the fan. And is she and I were talking about the fan and uh, we talked to Brendan Burns about that and we've kind of got something figured out up that, that way. And it may be three or four years or so, but that's going to be waiting on us. And then uh, I'm taking stormy to uh, Alaska for moose and bear in September. So I'm super pumped about that right now. How close uh, is Stormy to the uh, Super Ten? I know you kind of hinted that that earlier. Yeah, so she's she needs about six six more animals for that, and um, so you know it, it's the, the shadow that that Cammy's casting on Stormy is quite large, and and you know then then the burden is on me. How can I reproduce something like this for Stormy? And it, it's just kind of working itself out when we we're in Vegas at the Grand Slam Club convention. Um, we, we were talking, you know, to one of the outfitters there and, and they were just listening to the girls talk about their stuff. And they're thinking, you know, there's a super 10 list here. Uh, she's just checking off all these deals. And, and so Stormy grabs the sheet, comes, finds me and said, Hey, this is something that might be my thing. And uh, I want to be, you know, I, I want to, I want a goal. And, and, and so I think that's where we're going to, you know, drive that ship in that direction of the Super 10 for Stormy. So it's exciting uh, to get other people excited about this, you know, young, young ladies and, and, and these goals. And, and I think by, by getting the word out and Cammy was on the panel of the women's hunt panel and, and, uh, in Reno that Renee Thornton uh, invited her on with, with, uh, Christy Titus and Jana Waller and Brooklyn Whitfield. And by doing that kind of stuff, we're getting the youth. I feel like we're getting the, the youth and the dads and the moms, um, to start thinking about this kind of stuff. Like it's possible. You don't, you don't have to wait till you're 25, 30, 40 to go on these kind of hunts if, if you can afford it. And, and if you can't, there's other avenues, you know, there's, you know, you can go work as a, you can draw, you can, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different ways. If, if, if it's a priority, you can get it done. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that, what Cammy and Stormy and Brooklyn and these young ladies are doing is inspiring. And I've heard from a lots of dads that, you know, wow, I, this is something that we really can do. And hadn't even thought about bringing my 10 year old on a, on a, on these adventures. And now they're one of my, one of my great friends, uh, Tyler Wildy and his wife, Sarah have a, a son that killed a deer with us this year. That's six. And he just booked a doll sheep hunt for when his son turns 10. And so we're seeing this stuff happen. 
And it's pretty cool, huh, Cammy? Yes. It's definitely like inspiring and just to see that other people want to do and want to hunt. Yeah. It's really cool. It is cool. That's phenomenal. I can't wait to see where you go from here and uh, keep a close eye on this North America 10. And then uh, I think that, or sorry, the Super 10 and that North America 29 is not too far off. So <laughs> we might have a couple of couple of extra w- uh, weeks of work for you there, Russell, to, to get that uh, right. North America 29, but it's pretty cool. So maybe they yeah, can, at awesome. that point, maybe they, they'll be on there. They've made the choices, hopefully in life that, that can allow them to afford that kind of thing. Yeah, to finish out their 29 would be awesome. I guess it's 28 cool. now, right? One of the caribou's off the list, I heard, but anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, it certainly is inspiring, and I think I just looked at our membership list, and I don't see your name on there, but you, you killed a BC stone there, so I think I'm going to have to buy you a membership, Cami. So uh, <laughs> I think I'll probably I'll reach out to you guys and uh, – I'm going to get you and Stormy set up for a membership. I'm not going to buy your dad one. I'll let him decide whether or not he wants to, but we'd love to have you on our membership list if we could get you there. So if you guys are cool with that, we'll we'll get you and Stormy set up with a couple of memberships to the Wild Sheep Society BC. Uh, I would, we, our family would love to, to, to do that. And we will be back. That is the most beautiful Hunt, most beautiful place that I personally have ever been, and I've been around, you know, to around the world, and and I will always come back to BC, and I hope Cammy. Well, you gonna go back, Cammy? You think? Definitely. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, and you you definitely uh, hit it out of the park with Blair and Rebecca. They do such a great job. Uh, Stone and Folding Mountain Outfitters got such a great reputation. Blair and Rebecca do such a great job. So um, you definitely got treated well here in BC. We know that. And uh, it's pretty cool that you got to experience. And and that part of the world is just phenomenal. That's, uh, you know, driving through Stone Mountain Park, just getting there is an experience, right? So it's uh, pretty phenomenal. I think we saw probably close to 100 plus waterfalls. Hmm. And uh, the family that we have, now at extended family with Blair and Rebecca after spending all that time in and out of their camp and with their amazing guides. And, uh, it, it's the BC is, is tugging at me. It's like my, my Texas, man. It's like, I can feel it. You know, it's a special place y'all have up there. Yeah, we we agree with you. It, it's a lovely part, and I guess that's why we get up and do what we do up here on the conservation things side of things. Is just that love for you know we we do we don't take it for granted, and we we work pretty hard to make sure that we we do our best to make sure those sheep are happy and the the habitat they have is happy. So it's really exciting when we get people like you that come up and and spend time twenty four days to be precise and and uh, get to experience the. the you know, what BC has to offer and, and hear that, you know, it means as much to you guys as it does to us up here too. So it's pretty cool. Well, I do want to add that, that we do feel the, the weight of hunting being a conservation tool, the biggest conservation tool. And 
and the gravity that that we feel after being a part of this amazing slam that that I've I've gotten to come along for the ride, frankly, on, um, that we do feel the the gravity and the need for conservation and, and the preservation of wild sheep, and we love those sheep. We love the sheep and we love the country that they live in and the people we get to meet because of the sheep. My, mm-hmm. my doors are opening wide and, and man, at Cami, at the, these young ladies age, the, the doors are flying open and the people we're meeting along the way is, it's just such an amazing thing. And it can it's hard to put into words. And, and for those that are, that are thinking, well, let's, I'm going to wait until my kid's, 25 whatever just don't don't wait take them even if they're not pulling trigger take these take your 10 year old let them come along with you and look through the binoculars and be cold and be hungry and be tired and have blisters and be away from mom and be rugged and be rewilded let's get these kids motivated and let's let's uh turn this weird world around a little bit here that's pretty sage advice, Russell. I think uh, that sets the tone for uh, for wrapping this up. And I just want to congratulate you both. Um, you know, Russell, you for raising two fantastic young women that are an inspiration, and and certainly Cami for all that you've accomplished. And I'm just really excited to see what comes out of this camp next. I'm really, really looking forward to to seeing what you guys do. And I want to congratulate you and thank you for for being on the show today. Thank you for having us. Thank you guys very greatly. And we are, we're all over this membership too. <laughs> Thank y'all. Just one. And, and, yeah. Just one last question. Is that film available somewhere that people could watch Cammy's slam? Be uh, nice to, you know, show that to the kids. And Yes. That's right. That's Ryan Olson that put that together with white bone creations. And it's, uh, if you search family bond, youngest female, to, to complete Grand Slam of Wild Sheep. It's on YouTube. Um, and then, yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. Just, or, or search youngest female to, to kill the Grand Slam of Wild Sheep uh, under White Bone Creations. And we're thankful for, for, to Ryan for that. We'll grab the link to it and... Uh... Yeah. And we'll post it in the show notes here so that people can watch that because it's a it's a great, you know. I, I l- just love the theme of that. You know, it's such a so heavy on family, right? It you know it was it's a hunting film, but it's more about family than anything. To Absolutely, be yeah, my cool. dad's in it talking, and man, he he's you know he, he's on the verge of tearing up through some of it. It's it really is just a tearjerker and a, an amazing deal. It's fun. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you both, and thank you for taking the time to chat with us today, and we appreciate you. Okay, we'll talk to you all down the road.